0: You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 245 More Goth. Hosted by Dan Terry. He's got a red eye like Grand Admiral Thrawn. Jeff Kane. Don't mess with me! And Joseph Wren. Hey, Jeff, how do you spell Vildyarta again? Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you think your band is more goth than The Cure, then you are ready for this episode of discography discussion. I am Joe, that is Dan, that is Jeff. I mean it's more goth.
1: It's not it's not less goth.
2: Yeah, I tell you what. I think that's the best opening ever. I fucking love that one. I did
1: that just for you, <laughs> Jeff. You know that, right? <laughs> it, sounds like, it. it sounds like we're making fun of The Cure, but like for no actual discernible reason. No, we fucking love The Cure. I mean, if I had to choose between listening to The Cure and listening to Morgoth, I'm definitely going to listen to The Cure.
2: Uh, it's not even close. Yeah. It's sad. With a name like Morgoth, you should be fucking epic. There the should be lots of keyboards. Well, they do, they do put some keyboards in there. Yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah, there's some good, there's some bad. Unfortunately, I think the bad outweighs the good.
0: I vote the band changed their name to Ungod just to match the
1: last album they put out. There you go. Everybody loves Ungod. Or is that, wait, that's UnChrist. Everybody loves UnChrist. What, the band
0: is called UnChrist
1: now? No. No, there's still Morgoth. <laughs> oh. Morgoth's a weird band because, like, I, I definitely, I like them for the most part, but I also like only had like a few albums by them, and then so when I was like, let's do this episode, let's find out what's really going on with Morgoth, I discovered that I have most of the albums already, (laughs) Uh, and that's that's just kind of kind of it, right? Morgoth is cool. They started off as a death metal band and um, went into some really weird territory, which we'll get to. They, they should have gone right into Jeff's territory, but Jeff uh, Jeff got a little gatekeepy once he got in the middle of this discography.
2: Yeah, I did. I was. Uh, I will. I tell you what. One of their albums is a massive product of their time, and we will get to that. And it is so peculiar and so bizarre compared to the rest of their albums it's just really makes you scratch your head and like what the fuck were they thinking kind of kind of thing
0: it definitely set itself up for disappointment when the first record hits so solid with that kind of technical progressive death metal thing then you turn into whatever that band did for a few years then nothing then it all kind of pays off in the end so i think this is going to be a good discography
2: yeah, I already feel that I'm probably going to be a dissenter amongst the group. A dissenter. Yep. I mean, don't don't give away
1: you know your true feelings until until people aren't ready for it. Like, let's be all sugar and rainbows and then just cut through the crap. It'll be like Malevolent <laughs> Creation all over again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, there's more of this band that I that I like than Malevolent Creation. So I, that I will make very clear.
1: One thing that Morgoth understands is that brevity is the soul of wit.
0: Well, before Dan wades through the crap with a giant shovel, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you're not a subscriber, then you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We are on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews.
1: We love five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion, and uh, we got two of them recently. But but you guys didn't write anything. I I can't read anything if you if you didn't write anything. So you got to you got to <laughs> write us a little love letter or a hate letter, you know, or something uh, <laughs> for us to for us to know to to be able to project your voice out to all of our listeners. Five stars. You suck. Yeah, five, that'll get my attention. Leave a negative review <laughs> with a five star rating. Just be like, be like five stars. I'm feeling pretty good about it, and it's all like Dan needs to quit. If there's anybody on this thing that needs to go, it's him. Uh, and then I, I, I won't. But I'll, I'll still read what you said on on the show. So that's that's a good thing. Keep on liking the episodes. Keep sharing them on social medias and all of that goodness. And uh, keep reaching out to us. Over on our Discord server, Tantalized Funyuns had this to say about our Colors 2 review. I just listened to the Colors 2 review. I agreed with a lot of what was said. First of all, that's very surprising because uh, Joe and I had more hot takes than some crackling bacon on top of a griddle. (laughs) If anything, I'm possibly even more on it than you guys are. For me, it's like a seven in a discography of nine and tens. Oof. Uh, I never really find myself in the mood for revisiting it like I did uh, when both parts of uh, automata. Automata came out. Uh, The New Leprous, on the other hand, I've just had on repeat when it came out around the same time. So, yeah, Colors 2, I don't think that we said that it was, like, pure garbage. Like, I don't think that Between the Buried Me is a bad band or that they messed up in any real way. Uh, But it's just that you can't take your most beloved album and release a sequel and call it Colors 2.
0: Sign yourself up for failure if you do that.
1: Because then guys like me... Oh, you're colorblind. Yeah, are going to compare it note for note <laughs> with the original album. Uh, and that's going to be a huge problem. So, uh, you know, yeah, I, I was actually surprised. I thought we were going to get a lot of hate for that one.
0: Don't get me wrong. It's Colors 2. It's Between the Buried and Me. I'm going to give it more chances. But I think an album as good as Colors has a bar that is very, very high. And I don't see myself feeling the same way for the sequel if anything i'm kind of tired of between the buried to me just doing the between the buried to me thing
1: i mean that's fair i'm not tired of it but i just think that they could have gone in a more creative direction with it <laughs> hey you be more creative just do it hey dan we put out an episode recently about coalesce that's right we, cer- we, we certainly did and uh james scared dash IC tweeted at us, oh shit, finally. So apparently you've been waiting for that for a long time and we delivered because, you know, it's just like I tell my wife, okay, if I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. You don't have to remind me every six months to do it.
0: (laughs) I'm not sure where to go with that one. So I'm going to say, so Dan, tell me about Morgoth.
1: Oh, I'm glad you asked me that Joe Morgoth used to be a German death metal band now they're a Persian death metal band no they're they're still German they're just not together anymore um, they've been around since 1985 and uh, they used to have a really really cool name called uh, Cadaverous Smell which I think would have been a way better name for a band than that's a Morgoth. fucking yeah, awesome
0: band name
1: <laughs> yeah if somebody hasn't used up Cadaverous Smell yet you need to get on that I need to hear a super intense grindcore insanity style band do like grindcore power violence cadaverous smell presented <laughs> by disgustmetal.com uh they basically did play grindcore when they first started out but uh apparently these guys are huge Tolkien fans uh because obviously M- Morgoth is the second name of basically J.R.R. R. Tolkien's Satan character um, in uh, in his Middle Earth, I guess um, universe? Can we are we allowed to call Middle Earth the universe realm? Realm, okay, we'll call it a realm, you nerd. <laughs> uh, basically, uh, his original name was Melkor. He was an angel up in Middle Earth, heaven, and then basically, okay, the Silmarillion by J.R.R. Tolkien is literally just a copied and pasted version of the Bible with all the names changed. Uh, <laughs> at least in the very beginning of it, it is. Uh, it does differentiate itself later on. But uh, this character is basically very uh, similar to the fall of Satan from the Bible. Being, you know, Satan is like the angel of music. He rebels against God. He gets cast down. Pretty much the exact same thing happened in Melkor. What does this have to do with this band? Not a whole lot, apparently. Uh, I was a little... I was going dis- to I
2: was, I was gonna say, you'd have to have a grace to fall from. And they didn't have that. Well, that's harsh, man. That's really harsh. I actually
1: I actually listened to this band's uh, demo because uh, they they actually just re-released it on uh, uh, they just released it on streaming services, and that thing was called um, the pits of Utumno or Utomo, which was Morgoth's like big scary final boss dungeon uh, that he had set up, and uh, it's like actually supposedly scarier than Moria. So there's that. And um I heard it. It sounds a lot like uh Sepultura's first album, Morbid Visions, or the Bestial Devastation. Just it sounds like total garbage, but kind of what you would expect from an eighties thrash go soon to be death metal band. Uh and then I actually followed that up by listening to their uh collection of EPs, uh Resurrection, Absurd and the Eternal Fall. And I can't really spend a whole lot of time on these because a lot of the music was recycled into Cursed, which we're gonna talk about. So um I guess let's just uh let's get into this uh cursed. cursed album yeah cursed cursed 1991 cursed all right, I'm gonna go first because uh, I think this sounds like any other death metal album that came out in 1991. Um, it's the book the death wrote. It is uh, fast, in your face, sometimes sometimes leaning a little bit more towards thrash metal, but it's got that like tuned death metal punch to it. Um, vocals I actually like quite a bit. It sounds like a mixture of Chuck Schuldner and uh, Don Tardy from uh, Obituary, and uh, I think it's uh, I think it's pretty solid. Um, fast tempo, good solos, catch stranglers abound the band chugs their way through the entire thing and um the only thing that i can say negative about it is there really isn't anything that would distinguish this from any other death metal band at the time
2: it's run of the mill i mean i think that's pretty pretty fair statement and it also has the same crappy production quality that most of it uh death metal bands had in the uh the early 90s late 80s kind of era well they were in germany they couldn't just go to scott burns oh that's true i mean i yeah i get i get it but it you know it's it's dirty for, uh, in the, the right ways I guess you could say and that's kind of how most of the death metal was back then you know that's kind of the style that was the feel and uh, you, you get a bit of that homegrown uh, you know you know feeling of of, of the album and, and I, I don't mind it but it's like Dan said there's nothing that actually sets it apart there's nothing that's overly special it's not bad it's just that it's just another death metal album from 1991.
0: I think it's the best thing you can say. It sounds like an album that came out in 1991. Because we've just talked about Pestilence, a band that didn't always sound like where they came from. I think Morgoth just wanted to fit in with everybody else when they put this record out. The parts that sound technical or sound like they're trying to be more progressive than they are. I think the band put limitations on themselves knowing that you couldn't push beyond what effectively sounds like thrash metal from the 80s you could take this entirely the wrong direction you could try to be more techie or more technical than you are you could try to play at the highest bpms like slayer did maybe they woke up and said we're not chuck schuldner so let's not try to do that let's just try to be a little more interesting than everybody else putting out a death metal record this year. Can we just talk about Pestilence again?
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Go go listen to that episode. Uh, I, I still like this record though. I mean, I think we're being a little bit we're being a little bit too us on it right now, like, oh, it's just nothing to make it stand out from the crowd. And it's gotta, not gotta, bad.
0: It, I well, like the record, but it's not bad. Is not phenomenal. Yeah. If well, I let's, put let's out- be. I
2: was gonna say, let's be fair. This is our crowd, though. The fact that it doesn't stand out from it, we're perfectly okay with that. We still like it because this is the crowd that we fucking like. So, I mean, it's it's not necessarily a bad thing you know it's just that uh when the time comes and and you're gonna pick something from 1991 this is probably not the top of the list but you know it's serviceable i mean it's something that you're going to enjoy listening to it's just you're not going to detest it you're not going to say god this fucking sucks there's another album that they came out with that you say that about Well, I, I do have to give
1: special mention to the song "Unreal Imagination." It's the best song on the entire album, in my correct opinion. Kind of fun, like melodic bridge in the middle of it, and it just it like it seems like the first part of the record where everything kind of comes together. And I'm like, oh, they're gonna do something different and cool. And I mean, and then it, they they do it. And then they just kind of go back to the sound exactly how they were sounding before. But uh, I don't know. I, I I quite enjoyed it. I don't. I I think that it. I think it outshone. It outshone. Outshines uh, the other material on the record. So what you're
0: saying is it gives you some Chuck vibes. I did not say that. <laughs> Your words, not mine. Yeah, I hear outshine. And I think uh, Soundgarden. Shall we move on to 1993's Odium? Yes, please. I
2: fucking love this album. I'm going to put that oh, right damn. out there right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's pretty much how I was when I heard it. I was like, oh, damn, this shit's good. I fucking love this album. I was not expecting that because, uh, you know, it's, it's like we said, the first one's kind of a run in the mill. I don't know what it was this. Uh, Odium just kind of struck me right. I I kind of got the right kind of vibe off of it. It it's uh it is what it is. I don't think it tries to be too much. Uh, it, it they it's kind of like they they stay in their lane. They knew what they're good at. They they, they kind of owned their craft from the first album, and I think this is a super super solid sophomore release. I I really like it.
1: I think the solution to their problem they had on Cursed, you know, for a lot of bands, it's just let's go more technical or let's get more brutal or let's go. You know, this I thought was a really interesting direction that they took where they were like let's uh let's add some almost like industrial type elements to our sound like let's like really kind of garbage it up a little bit and um they kind of go um this kind of reminds me of like what uh entombed did on uh wolverine blues where they kind of kind of started throwing like more groove into what they were doing and just blank like slowing down a little bit not trying to sound like your mom's least favorite sounding band you know um, they weren't trying to sound like a death metal band anymore, but I don't know. I, I really liked, I really like this a lot. I like kind of, kind of a little bit of the programming that's there. Yeah. And,
2: it's, it's kind of chunky too. I like that. Yeah.
1: I think they, sometimes they call this a death in a roll, which is something that, that a lot of death metal bands did, especially from overseas. Right. Uh, they did that in the nineties where it was like, let's chunk it up a little bit and let's make it almost like biker rock, you know, in, in its own way. Um, like let's uh let's play some metal that like dudes are gonna show up they're gonna buy some beers and they're gonna sit there and headbang too
2: you know okay now I know why I like it because <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> you're a basic bro from overseas <laughs> pretty much that's where your heart is yes it is but, um, I like the ideas but
0: the album sounded more thin to my ears and I wish I had a physical copy so I could look closer at the waveforms. It sounds to me like the like engineer that over? either discovered how to make guitars sound more wide than they physically can be on a mixer, but I'm 99% sure these guitars are out of phase. There's almost no low end to anything but the bass drum, and that seems like a simple mistake somebody made. Beyond that, I like the ideas, I threw this into mono a few times this week, and I heard everything that was going on. So for me, I think this has better ideas, better musical ideas, better composition than the previous record,
1: but it's still Morgoth doing what Morgoth does. I think this is super dark. I think they tried doing a certain type of dark on cursed, but it was like everybody else's dark. You get into a song like Submission, uh, off of Odium and the atmosphere of it is much scarier. It's much creepier. Uh it's much more atmospheric overall. And um, the riffs are much catchier than anything that we, that they've done
2: before. Yeah. Th- this was an easy winner for me. I mean, it, it's got the chunk. It's got the hook. It's catchy. It's got a good atmosphere. I, I think Joe's right. You know, the guitars are pretty bright on this, but I, I don't mind that. Cause I'm on, I'm an old man losing my hearing. So I can actually <laughs> hear what the fuck's going on. So I, 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 overall i i dug it this is this is easily easily my favorite album of theirs and it, for me it's not even close and it's mainly because i think the vocal stylings on this album are my favorite i think that's really what it is for me uh there's uh there's a little bit of it on cursed uh but on odia yeah this is by far vocally my my favorite album uh, that that they put out
1: i think overall it's their most unique well that's okay it's not their most unique but it is uh it stays in the pocket of what we kind of expect from heavy bands. Um, whenever they whenever they move forward into their discography, it gets a little... Uh, I have a lot of questions. Let's just put it that way.
0: <laughs> Are you ready to ask those questions, Dan?
2: I suppose so. Yeah, that question is, what the fuck?
0: Gentlemen, it's 1996.
2: Do you feel sorry for the fanatic? I feel sorry whoever is fanatical about this album because they're delusional. <laughs> in the
1: band's never-ending quest to be more unique than they were on the last record i think they achieved that here um here's the thing you start as a death metal band you play to death metal crowds you do the things that death metal people like you play blast beats you play fast riffs you Scream over those riffs like a dying calf with its throat cut. You know, the standard thing, the the death metal thing that you do. And then eventually you start to get more popular. And as you get more popular, you start thinking, well, what what are we going to do to maintain this? Because now our audience is wider. Shouldn't we make music that a wider audience can appreciate? So you put out a record like Odium, which is, you know, I think a better record than Cursed, but it does go down a little bit smoother for metal fans in general than maybe something like Cursed would, right? So you're like, okay, but Odium was still kind of like a death metal record. It was a little chunkier, a little groovier, had some like creepier, you know, almost industrial elements in it. And somehow you either talk yourself into or someone else talks you into learning how to quote unquote sing. And, um, they want you to just go like straight, like straight ahead, like hard rock, (laughs) like going from, like going from a record like Odium to feel sorry for the fanatic is like, it's a very jarring change.
0: (laughs) It sounds like the band wanted to stay early thrash. And then they just decided in the middle of the song, nope, we need to go full hard rock. Just literally at the drop of a hat, the double bass is gone in the first track. And whatever he is trying to do vocally, it sounds like they molded the song around that and it could not work less than it does on this record.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I I got the feeling uh, like it was like almost like a mad scientist took uh, David Riley's voice from God Loves Underwater, took Lemmy's voice and mixed that with a bleeding calf. And this is what you get. And it's fucking awful.
1: It's it, weird because the way you described it, it sounds awesome.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know. But that's kind of my point. You, you think about those things. You're like, okay, all right, all right. And then you hear it and you're like, oh, what the fuck was I thinking? This this album is so much a product of its time of being a mid-90s, grungy, alternative, industrial rock wannabe album. With some like weird, inexplicable shoegaze stuff thrown in
1: there for some reason.
2: Well got to keep in mind there was a lot of that uh in a lot of industrial rock and metal there was uh you you get a lot of that ambient feel that you get from shoegaze uh in a a lot of industrial music uh and it's mainly because you're trying to set a tone uh so i i understand what they why they did it uh it just it was such a leap that just you know you know it's like whenever you're in the Matrix and Neo's getting ready to to leap on you know leap across buildings like is he gonna do it the first time? Nobody ever does it the first time. And guess what? Thankfully these fuckers only tried this type of style once because God, they just these face... guys that
1: fell they didn't they oh didn't yeah they, they the fucking face the okay. they
2: face planted so bad so so bad. I mean this is oh it was cr- it is so cringe worthy and, and that and that sucks because you know one of my favorite genres is like industrial music. I can listen to that shit all fucking day. And this is awful.
1: I'll give it this. I think that if it was an album that came out from a different band, I probably wouldn't have checked it out, but... uh this has to be a producer, right? It's either a producer or a record label or somebody being like, Okay, we got this band called Morgoth. It's like these guys sell a decent ish amount of records. So let's um let's see if we can get this guy singing and let's see if we can go for like a general like alternative nineties hard rock sound and see if they're game. I almost feel like Morgoth wasn't the only band that somebody tried to do this to. Absolutely not. I remember when Carcass was I think it was between Heartwork and Swan Song. A producer came came to Jeff Walker and was like, all right, we're going to teach you how to sing. We're going to have you do singing vocals. And they were kind of like, yeah, you know we're carcass, right? Like, we, we don't... <laughs> Which is funny because when you listen to that record "Swan Song," it's like a whole bunch of like hard rock sounding songs. But Jeff Walker's just or doing what Jeff Walker, Walker does, does over, over exactly. the whole thing, and it's <laughs> it's kind of it comes off as kind of cool. Uh, this did not.
2: No, this was this was brutal in all the worst ways possible. Uh, yeah. I, I I I almost feel sorry for them because it was just like we were talking about that they were trying to fit in this is absolutely them trying to fit in to the times because the mid-90s what they're trying to pull off was obscenely obscenely popular in europe like top you know top of the charts type popular so you're saying
0: that what metallica did on saint anger was a good idea everywhere but here i didn't say that saint anger was good This sounds like a band who is outside of their comfort zone because they have no choice. It doesn't sound cohesive at all. It sounds like too many people with too much control over the distribution of a record decided what you're gonna do this week. And I do think we've heard this so many times before. It's that weird time in the 90s where everybody said Thrash was never gonna come back. So you guys need to change. I don't think Morgoth needed to change. I think what they did was fine up till this point and they should have just stuck with it, but that's not how the checkbook is signed, I guess.
1: Well, it's either that, I mean, I can understand a band wanting to change their style or realizing that like, if we can get a wider audience, then we can actually maybe actually do this for real and make a living doing it. I mean, as much fun as it is to work 40 hours a week and then, you know, go home and go to Kinko's and print, you know, 400 covers for your demo and then you know try to cut them out and put it you know like we've all kind of been through that um with Morgoth here I I can't confirm that it was a record label it just seems that way um but this isn't all that different than I used Entombed as as an example Entombed kind of got to the point where they were playing stuff like this ignoring the fact that Entombed is just a better band overall (laughs) you know musically so like and they also Entombed didn't go from left hand path to this, and I kind of feel like that's what Morgoth did. They just skipped like three or four albums as they needed to transition into a band like this.
2: Yeah, it is pretty much a a different band. I mean, I don't think there would be any argument if you, if they put this album out as a different name, uh, and people would never put two and two together because it just it's so so vastly different. I don't mind different, but it better be different. Good. What's up, guys? We're Melkor. <laughs> uh, you know what? I wouldn't even mind that. You know, the only difference, though, is they shouldn't be Melkor. They should be Sauron because they're, you know, the lackey little bitch with this album. Maybe they're Sauruman. Oh, that is the lackey little bitch. He is. Ooh. I mean, oh, don't tell yeah. him that.
0: 2015 called. It said Morgoth put out an album this year called Ungod.
1: Well yeah, I mean, I, I think it goes without saying that they broke up after releasing Feel Sorry for the Fanatic. Uh, where is there really to go from there? You release a record that nobody wants. <laughs> and uh that you know, that might be like some harsh truth for somebody. Like there's somebody out there right now whose favorite album by Morgoth is Feel Sorry for the Fanatic. And they're crushed. uh, (laughs) Just send us an email at show at (laughs) gmail.com. Because I want to talk to you about it. Find out what other albums uh, I need to watch out for in the future. Um, Yeah, they broke up. They did the whole, like, yeah, we're going to go do different things, blah, 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 blah. Nostalgia eventually creeps in. We've seen this a million times before with a million different bands. And Morgoth's like, all right, guys, it's 2015. We're gonna go with it. Original singer wasn't down for it, so he left. They replaced him with a different guy. And I honestly couldn't care less. The the new guy sounds good. So what did they do? They released the album that they should have released after Odium. And that is Ungod. No gods
2: allowed. Yeah, they they were uh, 19 years too late (laughs) on this one. And I don't know, this guy's vocals are all right, uh, but they're my least favorite part of this album. I I think if
0: you throw out the whatever you want to call it that came out in 1996 and slide this one back about 20 years, you have a decent trilogy of records by an okay death metal band.
2: Yeah, I think that's a very fair statement. I, I would go that way. You know, the only thing I would say is, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of this guy's vocals. Uh, that's the reason why the, the self-titled uh, track is my favorite, because it's just six minutes of fucking awesomeness, and there's not really any vocal. I don't think there's any vocals at all on it. And uh, that's, that's by far my favorite track on this album, and it's not even close. I think it's fucking epic.
1: You really hate the vocals that much, huh? No,
2: it's not that I hate the vocals that much. I... I just think that that's a really fucking good track. I, I'm, I'm just being hypercritical, but I, I really love that fucking track. Like I played that like six or seven times today. I mean, I really, really, really like that track. So, and that's, that's really unusual for me because, you know, I'm not a big fan of, uh, you know, cause I'm a big, you know, progressive technical guy. Uh, and I don't really care for like animals as leaders. I, I got to I normally have to have vocals and for me to sit there and listen to a six minute track six minutes, something, I can't remember how many seconds, but whatever. It doesn't matter. I, I just really, it just kind of hit home, hit me at the right spot, at the right time. And, uh, uh this kind of a journey there, you know, it's, there's, a there's a lot of different faces that, that, that appear in that, uh, that track, even without the vocals. And I think they do a really good job uh, of, uh, communicating emotion without even having, uh, vocals. And that's a hard thing for me to generally process without, you know, w- with vocals, I, there was another track on there that I did like his vocals on. and I just can't remember which one it was off the top of my head. I think it's Prison and Flesh, but I'm not 100% positive. I really like the vocals
1: in God is Evil. I think he sounds exactly like Chuck Schuldner, like Leprosy Era. I mean, it's weird for a 2015 record. Because, I mean, as we all know, Chuck eventually became Skeletor. But, like... (laughs) It's, uh, you know, um, this is, I mean, I I think this is a really, really good record. And I think it, I think it, I think it's a contender for being their best. Honestly, I can't criticize this one as much. Um, I think that there, I think that it sounds dated, which I mean, it would, I think odium sounds a little bit more unique, but I think honestly, we're at a point now where it's like, if I'm in the mood for something that's a little bit less heavy and a little bit more, um, creative, I'm going to go odium. So two out of four ain't bad. I feel like
0: two weeks ago, I introduced my friend to heavy music, and now he just ran into the lunchroom in high school and said, guys, I have discovered the heaviest band ever. And Dan looks up and says, who is it? And the answer was Morgoth. Like, it's okay that this band exists, but there's just not a lot to it. I think my final thought on the band is, yeah, sure, it's fine, whatever. I don't hate it. I think it's good when it's good, but... For the most part, it's just that band that showed up at the concert and they're playing and yeah, give it 30 minutes and then I'm going to get to see the next band, not even the band I came to see. That might be unfair, but that's what I'm hearing, guys. There's just not a lot going on here that I want to come back to. I don't think I've ever woken up and said, I need to listen to Morgoth today. And after listening to these records for the past week, I'm still not going to do that.
2: Yeah, that's kind of how I felt whenever I watched Hatebreed, and then Trivium came on, and like, get the fuck out of here, so I can watch Lamb of God. <laughs> wow, because that's exactly I bet how everybody I felt. can't wait
1: for that Trivium episode.
2: <laughs> you know what? I like Ascendancy. I like Shogun. I like their old shit just fine. Okay, F- Fair fuck enough. all the new stuff. Jeff, what is your
0: final thought on Morgoth?
2: Um. So yeah, I wish somebody in Morgoth had a bit of a spine uh, or a backbone. I I don't, I don't know. I kind of get the feeling that you know we we said it more than once that they've been led astray quite a bit. You know, people they uh, go with whatever people tell them to do, and uh, it kind of sucks because. I, I think they should have taken you know, Odium. I think that's their crowning achievement. That's where they should have started. That should be their base. Okay. You, you start there. And if you want to, you know, branch out radically, you do it from that album instead of just kind of, it's like they just cut bait and just went somewhere else. And I, and I don't understand it uh, because that was such a good album and they just went into just a massive clusterfuck of just, you know, radio derivative uh, industrial rock. You know, grungy alternative music from from the mid '90s. I mean, I, I know that stuff really well, and I heard that, and I was like, Jesus, this is a, a product of its time. So I'm. I'm glad that they did come back with Ungod. you know, i I don't necessarily uh, you know think it's like you know, you know, the second coming to Jesus or something, but it's, you know, no, it's, it's ungod. yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's serviceable. Uh, but you know, i'm I'm not gonna have I don't have my feelings hurt that they broke up again. I mean, it's just they kind of became a dime a dozen, which sucks because, like I said, I think Odium is just amazing.
1: Damn, what about you? I think this is a band that has their own fan base. I think there's people out there that are upset that Morgoth isn't around anymore. Um, I'm not sure who those people are. Um, And it's not even that this band is bad. And I always say this, that like, the worst bad movie isn't the bad movie. A bad movie can be infinitely entertaining. The worst kind of bad movie is a boring movie. And I kind of feel that way about Morgoth in that like, it's not that what they did was bad. It's not bad enough to even criticize. I don't have anything to like really complain about except for that one album. And it just makes me wonder why when you had kind of that type of output that you would reunite it all. I mean, I'm glad that they I'm glad that they put out that final album just to kind of go out, I guess, as a death metal band, you know, which is which is how they started. But uh, I just think that with a band like Morgoth, unfortunately, there are some bands that are going to remember it as being these great bands, and Morgoth just isn't one of them, man. And that sucks. It's a bummer. I think that they had talent, uh, but it's just one of those things that they unfortunately never did anything that really rose them above the ranks.
0: And what's your album of the week?
1: Oh, that's definitely going to have to be Modern Escapism by Blanket. You son
2: of a bitch. (laughs) It's so good, though. Don't worry. Mine's a hell of a lot easier to spell.
0: Well, Jeffrey, since Dan decided he was going to be the one to pick
2: your next album of the week, (laughs) Jeff, what about you? It is era self-titled. I'm in love. Not so much to say it's my album of the year, but it's in my top three until the gets here. How do you spell that? E R R A. For me, it's Bastards by Motorhead
0: because Dan decided to pick Jeff's next album of the week. <laughs> Seriously, Jeff, <laughs> we talked about it on Patreon last week. You are going to fucking love this
2: record. Spoilers:
0: it's everything you like all okay. at once.
2: <laughs> wow! So I'm gonna have pretty, pretty vocals, brutal vocals, bunch of stringed instruments, industrial metal, space rock. <laughs> I keep going. Shit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm in.
1: Take us out, DFT. If you guys like this podcast and you have any suggestions for us, more specifically, suggestions for bands that we should talk about, I need to start working on the calendar for next year. So, uh, in order to do that, I need you to give me suggestions. Either that or I'm just going to pick a whole bunch of like random emo bands from the mid 2000s. No, and you're then not. You guys are going to be all upset. So, uh, if you want to give us those suggestions, make sure you do so. You can send us an email at danandjoe show at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com discography discussion. You can find us on Twitter at Discuss Metal, on Instagram at Discuss Metal. And if you guys just want to hang out with us on our Discord server, you can find a link in our show notes that will take you right to Discord. And if you want to get some sweet Discography Discussion merch, we have a link to a Teespring store where they will make you sweet Discography Discussion merch on demand.
0: And on that note, this has been episode 245 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please, send questions and comments. To Dan and Joe's show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. Give me
2: your money so
0: Dan can buy
1: some more Project 86 t-shirts.
0: One dollar a month gets you into that exclusive album
1: review feed. I would, but they're all sold out.
0: <laughs> right now-